for our second episode, we're chatting to Steve and Kira Purcell, the founders of Uppercut Deluxe, another Australian brand that's just been going on for 10 years and born and bred. I mean, I'm a personal huge fan. I actually got a fresh cut and I'm wearing Uppercut today, just so you guys know. Um, so yeah, welcome guys. How are you? Great. Yeah, Thanks cool. Thanks for having us. That's all right. Thank you for uh, letting us use your awesome office today. Yeah, it looks good. Jeez. Looks good. So uh, I suppose I'll start it off. I mean, whoever wants to jump in first, but how did you guys start? What's tell me some of this story? I mean, it's uh, from reading about it, it's phenomenal. So yeah, how did it all start? How did Uppercut come about? Where's it come from? It's a long journey, Uppercut. It's sort of um, it. Uh, I suppose. Well, it starts way back when I was uh, at school. Yeah, um, awesome. Well, even probably. Younger than that, um, you know, like I before school, I'd go to the barber with my granddad, yeah, because um, both parents were working, and you know, like it was they were pretty busy, and so the the odd jobs like that could be done through the week, like my grandparents taking me to the barber shop, or yeah, you know, things like that, um, really, I suppose, help mold, kickstart where you're at yeah, today. Yeah, well, just just try and like it just helped me find um something that i really enjoyed and passionate about yeah but then at the same time i didn't know back then yeah that um i was into it it was just something i did with my granddad yeah yeah you know and i guess go to this barber after he'd pick me up from and how school. old were you then oh from when i was like um i don't know from when i was like five or yeah you know, four probably even like, you know yeah four. cool um i'd he'd go buy a buy me a bubble bill <laughs> and then we'd rip I up to the barber shop and we'd get a haircut and then next door to the barber shop was a pub and he'd put a bed on buy smokes and <laughs> i'd sit and eat the peanuts and he'd have a beer the bar, and then he'd he'd have a few beers and yeah cool teach me about the cricket and the horses and then and then it was just sort of something that just grew i mean every month um every time he needed a haircut i'd go Yep. So this happened over years and years, and um, it wasn't until I got a little bit older, um, and I got to school, and then yep. I hated school. I hated it. <laughs> I struggled focusing. I struggled we all did. Every I just really didn't like it. And then um, he paid people to do his homework. Yeah, it was just <laughs> any, any opportunity to get out. And then um, I know the feeling. I'm not by gonna... the time this just got worse and worse, and I just feel I just didn't feel like I was clicking with the. With the system. With the system and I wasn't, you know, like I, I just, I, I was struggling even to find, um, to find even friends that, you know, like I just didn't even fit in with, with the school system. system and not from, a, from an education thing to yep. a, I just found it wasn't me and every time I'd, I'd, I'd feel a little bit inspired to think, okay, I've got I've to get good grades to do well in life. Yeah. Which, you know, like now... Yeah, it's completely oh, the opposite. It's, the compl- it, it, it's about um, emotional intelligence and it's about how you connect with people. Correct. And, and correct. you can, and I mean, that, that, that to me is way more important than an A or a B or a C. Who cares about that stuff? 100%. So, we, um, so I, at the age of 14, yep. um, was getting my hair cut and this was at a different barbershop. And, um, I got offered, I was explaining to the barber that, you know, I wasn't really enjoying school and yeah. I never really thought a barbering would be for me. Yeah. Um, and then they offered me an apprenticeship. Yeah. And I was 14. And at the time, um, most men went to hairdressing salons. Yeah. Back. Well, there um, wasn't barbers around. Well, barbers were no. really rare to find yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and if it was, it was the old dude on the corner being cut, you know, like almost retired. Yeah. You know. Ready um, to shut the shop. Ready to shut the shop. Grumpy old man. Yeah. Um, and this, they offered me an apprenticeship and I was thinking, it actually really interests me. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, this is something that I would probably really be into. Yeah. Uh, and they said, have the night to think about it or the week to think about it. And I, um, I was 14. I was in year... I was in year nine, yeah. and when was it? It was in, it was in the late nineties. Yeah, and um, I was thinking, what am I doing? Like, this is something I really want to do, but I really am scared 
like with what everyone's going to say to me and they're going to judge me and they're going to be like because men back then you became a plumber or you become a chippy or you're like yeah. you be you did a bloke's <laughs> trade i, I you know? followed the chippy yeah, trade don't and worry the, and then and then and there's nothing wrong with that like yeah. but it just didn't really interest me yeah and i knew this really interests me and i thought it was something i'm super i'd be super passionate about because even back then I'd, i was getting my hair cut and after i get my hair cut you know, I got the little quiff at the front and yeah. I always was chasing someone back then that could do my fade really good. And yeah, yeah. I was really quite, you know... Passionate about it. I'd, yeah, and then I'd go and get... I was super passionate. I yeah. didn't know. It was yeah, just yeah. something I was doing. Like, just organically. And then back then even, I was like, I'd go to go to Woolies and there was a certain gel at Woolies that I'd go to yeah. after I'd get my hair cut and then I'd go to the chemist that had a certain wax and yeah. I was mixing the two. To like get this to get that look to get the look from to get my quiff up yep. on my hair, and um and um my mum obviously, and and my dad were, were kind of like this is this is you like yeah, at yeah. the time it was just something I was doing but they highlighted that you know you'd probably be really into this barber approach it kind of highlighted your passion at an yeah and, and I was exactly and I was like I'm not doing this there's no way the boys are gonna rip into me yeah. you know I'm surfer I'm a skater. And I'm, um, you know, I'm playing footy, and and then I'm gonna go and. So did you I'm, say no at the start? So I said no. Yeah. And then a couple of days went on, and um, it just highlighted the fact that I just wasn't happy happy at school. I think you had an assignment due, so that was like the nail in the coffin. Yeah. yeah. Like, I got to get I out. Had an assignment due. And I, didn't ha- I had. I, it wasn't done. Yeah. And it was hard, and I didn't want to start it. <laughs> what assignment was it? And no one oh, to pay to I do forgot. it. God, something <laughs> hectic. Was it mass? Something like that. And then I was like, all right. And I rang mum up, and I, well, I went home and I spoke to mum, and I took the job. Yeah. And it. my heart was in my mouth, and I'm like, no one's gonna get this. I'm gonna get totally just ripped apart yeah and i did <laughs> <laughs> i got hammered oh well all the all the boys were tripping and they're like can you come roll my perms or give me a purple rinse <laughs> and, and everyone's going this is the like what are you doing you know and yeah and it just wasn't the manly man thing to do you know and um how and, long until they asked you for a cut and then well, that was the funny thing, right? So everyone was ripping into me and it brought me to... Like, it was pretty upsetting. Yeah. Like, I was pretty... It's heavy. Like, because I was like, well, I'm, 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 I'm at school and yeah. I'm not happy here and I know that it's a wa- I'm wasting my time. Yeah. And I, and I just enjoyed working and I enjoyed earning money. Yeah. Um, you know, I love finishing school and then I'd go work at my dad's butcher shop yeah. um, as a clean-up boy. And, you know, I just loved... I loved, you know, just the whole... I can earn money and go spend it on whatever whatever I want yeah. and uh, it gave me freedom like and I was like and I just I felt like um, it gave me options you know yeah, like, yeah. and then you know like I'd save up for a surfboard or I could get you know the skateboard I wanted yeah. and, and I just really enjoyed. and your friends probably didn't get that at the yeah time, and I just and I just I just valued that you know and then at work I felt more valued like, yeah um, so I realized at a young age work I was just gonna have to be a worker yeah like that that's me like i'm not gonna um you know have one of these high-flying like you know smart corporate jobs and that was what what i believed back in the day because that's what but the system you followed, taught you but at least you followed your passion yeah which is and, the main and that's thing. right and and the system you know and then i think um that's when it all started to click because after about my second year barbering and there was times where i wanted to quit because yeah. i was you know getting teased and and it was all fun. It was yeah. fun, but yeah, with the boys. Sometimes it hurt. Like you're like, oh man, like yeah, shut up um, already. <laughs> and then after about the second year, the boys were coming in to get haircuts because I'd do it for free. It was <laughs> yeah. like I'd give them a free haircut. They're my friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then more came and more came, and then um, it got to the point where I think I was like 16, and all my mates are still at school, and. Um, I think, you know, by the end of the end of the night, I think I was doing like every night in my mum and dad's garage, like in the pool room. Um, you know, I was doing like five haircuts a night. Like, really? Yeah, after I'd finished my, my job through the day. 
And um, and then after about the third year, they'll uh, get five bucks a haircut or something. And then still yeah, had a little then, side hustle going. And then I I got sick of it after a while. I was like, can you just come to my my job, my yeah. work, and I'll do it there. Uh, and they didn't because they didn't want to pay. Pay full retail. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then, well, they didn't want to come to that environment either. Yeah, they did. They weren't used and to that, that was yet. the yeah. thing. He, they yeah. liked that set up at home with the they liked the, the pool room set up. Totally. Yeah. So in the, you know, we uh, had, yeah. my dad had like a bar and all these football memorabilia and it was, you know, like, and, um, you know, we, I, you know, the boys would come around and then we'd play pool and, you know, we'd talk and we'd just, it was just a safe environment yeah, and they yeah. loved that environment. Yeah. And then... Um, and then I realised, like, this is what men want. Like, yeah. this is what they, they want to come they, that to mates, a safe zone. The mate's garage feel. Yeah. 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 And and then that's kind of where um, it, it my, my mind started to... I didn't quite know it at the time, but yeah. I, I started to, like, all start to click in a little yeah, bit wow. more with with the direction I was going to take it. Because at the time, that that particular year, I took the Ababa's apprenticeship... Um, I was the only barber apprentice in all of Australia. Wow. So wow. I was it. I was really? the only barber apprentice in all of Australia. I think Australia. they, they cancelled the apprenticeship yeah. soon after. So Steve they pushed me through. through. Wow. I, got, I ticked off all my papers that I had to do. Yeah. And I think I, and the, even the previous years, there wasn't many. I think there was one or two the previous year. And um, anyway, the, uh, the year after I finished, they they canned it and they just turned it into hairdressing yeah. you know what's crazy I, when i got a cut yesterday down the coast it was a, a a lady who cut my hair she left hairdressing to start a barber apprenticeship yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, cool. it's the change it's yeah, happened it's all coming back yeah, yeah. it's yeah. crazy so we've watched it fully shift over the years yeah. like now i've been a barber for 20 20 plus years so and what how did so where did because did you start a barber shop as well from there like is that where it kind of went to you started your own yeah you guys yeah, pretty much that's yeah. that's where um I, I i sort of met kira when i was well we were, you were in your final year i was in my final year of my apprenticeship and yeah. kira didn't believe me i when thought we he met. was kidding really? i thought his last his name must have been barber because they called him barbs and yeah. i thought oh his last name must be barber or something <laughs> And I thought he was joking. I thought, no, nah, no one's a barber. Like, you're not 80 years yeah. old and you're <laughs> yeah. not a female. So, yeah. What's going on I here? I thought they'd have me on because they were always staring me up. And So, yeah, I met, well, I was like 18 or whatever I was, 17 or well, we, we were young. Yeah. yeah. Whenever it was. And then um, over the years, you know, I started to figure out where I wanted to take it. Um, yeah. And. Um, it just, I felt lonely. Like, I felt like I was so passionate about this and I wanted to show yeah. everyone how rad this trade was and no one actually... No one got it. No one got it back then. It was, wow. well, I was, wow. I was it. No one was taking the apprenticeship on. They cancelled the apprenticeship after um, the year I finished. Um, it's funny now, it's, it's come back. It's yeah. gone full circle and there's a demand there now so they've brought the apprenticeship back in. Um, so then that was kind of... Then I was it, and then it was. I just felt really like, like lonely. So, and and how did like I mean, yeah. How did it all kind of then mold into starting a barbershop? Well, then did you kind of get lonely? It was, and like, was kind of that like mates garage feel. Like it, Steve always talked about wanting a shop of our own, and yeah. um, kind of described that setup and that yeah. wanting to create that mates garage feel where it was like reflected surfing, skating, and just the masculine stuff. I suppose that yeah, he was yeah. into, and kind of. And I was thinking, people aren't even going to understand that. Like, yeah. it's not, people won't even know what you're trying to do in here. And anyway, somehow he convinced me to put all of our life savings into this little yeah. shop. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, we, and we when did had, you start it? I think we had 20 uh, bucks in our account yeah, or something. Yeah, that's it. We had 20 bucks left and... Um, March we, we 08. We were sweating. <laughs> we were sweating every day. Like, we needed so many haircuts to come through the door. And, um, and where did you start that? Where there was, was days it? where that number, we needed five haircuts and there was days where two walked in or sometimes yeah, wow. none. You'd, I went to the barbershop and there was no one coming in and that were the days that were, that were really testing. Um, yep. We were 21, 22 at the time. Wow. And I just felt really lonely. I was like, even, I was like what am I doing? I've risked it all. <laughs> like, you know, we had, you know, there was sleepless nights back then and then, um, and then slowly but surely. And how did you get, get it out there to grow it? Well, we, I started... Um, come back a little bit. Um, my my good friend Luke Lukey. Um, uh, he he come to me too after he finished a skate tour in America. Yeah. Uh, and he went to Portland, um, the skate Burnside, and to skate some spots. And he had some friends there. And and he came back and he said, um, 
he said he's he'd seen on his tours over there just a couple of like old school even over there barbering hadn't hadn't done its yeah. thing um but it's just a bigger country and there's more people and he'd yeah, seen yeah. some little cool little barber shops and we'd known each other from kids and um you know there was we we we, we actually skated together um way back um as young young kids yeah uh, on my in my grandparents' backyard because my grandparents had a vert ramp in their backyard. Yeah, cool. Um, so that's where we all, you know... Grew up skating. And then, yeah, we grew up skating and then we just knew each other from, from way back. Um, and that's another... Another little, story. Another story, down. yeah. But then uh, years later, um, we reunite and then um, he, he knew that I'd become a barber and he was super interested because it was something he saw on tour in America. And he was sick of doing it. He was a graphic designer yeah, before yeah. He, as well. Yeah. And he didn't want to do that full time. But so. he, yeah. yeah, and his passion was graphic design. Um, but he's, he, he knew that, you know, like he, he just wanted to really have a crack at this whole barber thing. So he did an apprenticeship as well. So then we went out and we hit the road. There was the road no apprenticeship anymore. Yeah, there was no apprenticeship oh, yeah, anymore. Well, so we hit the road. <laughs> and um, we found him, uh, this old guy. Yeah. Um, this older guy. Uh, he he was a legend he uh he was looking to retire yeah um and he couldn't believe a kid come to his door lukey at the time um and one you know i was a barber and and then two he my my mate lukey wanted to become a barber like no one came to the door looking for a barber apprenticeship all those (laughs) years ago like he was tripping out and he's like you know what before i retire i'd love to train you so he train Lukey on the side yeah I think it started as a part-time thing yeah. while Lukey because Lukey you know still had another job and and then that became a full-time thing and yeah. then really focused and Luke picked it up really really quite quickly over you know still I'm mean, when I say quickly you know it was still years and years yeah, of yeah. trying to um it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight learning nah. to cut hair uh and then he he took um the job with with Tony and then um and then Tony uh retired and then I suppose there was a uh, there was two of us then. <laughs> well, that, that actually ended up being the shop that we bought. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it makes the, sense the shop now. that Luke did his apprenticeship in yeah. or his training in, that ended up, we ended up buying that shop off this old guy, Tony. Yeah. And transforming right. that into bare bones. Yeah. And that's yeah. what, that uh, still that's is bare bones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it started with one chair, then it was two. And then, um, and then, you know, we started, I was 22, Luke was a, a little bit older. And then, um, and then the rest was history. We, we put the barbershop together and I think for the first six months it was pretty touch and go. It was yeah. like I, we'd even talked about one of us going and getting a job elsewhere. To help fund it. To help fund yeah. it. Yeah. Um, we really didn't want to do that. Um, but it just it got to the point where we, we, were, we were scratching yeah, wow. for the – scratching pretty – at the bottom of the pit, you know. We yeah. were like – this isn't we working. We that feeling and, too. And it was stressful. And oh, I remember seeing all my mates just being 22-year-olds. And yep, I felt like the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I really wanted this to happen. And I really wanted to show people what it, yep. barbering was to me. And, yeah. Um, you know, and we set the shop up to, you know, embody everything we stand for and everything we love, which, yep. is, you know, we had skateboards on the wall. And we had, you know, and after about six months, maybe eight months, there was a turning point. Hey, mm. really? Yeah, I mean, it, looking back, it it feels like a shorter period of time than probably what it actually was. But yeah, yeah I remember we, we were literally doing like flyer drops or whatever kind of marketing. <laughs> to get you know, it out there. Yeah, just like, yeah. I mean, there wasn't social media back then. Yeah, like you yeah. had to do the old school marketing. Um, but, yeah. you know, it didn't, yeah, I mean, it kind of went from, is this going to work to, holy crap, we've got to line down the street pretty yeah. quickly. Like, and it kind of was like a massive first? flipping point. Were you the first kind of like, yeah, kind of I, new I, style of barbers that you created in your field in Australia. Like, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't yes, like he was. Is that. the answer. <laughs> you can call it. You can talk. Enough. Well, I mean, guys would come to the door and like stick their heads in, going, "What are you guys doing in here? Like, what really? are you, what are you selling?" Um, and they'd be like, "Haircuts." <laughs> so yeah, dudes were tripping. They're they, like, they had, are "You guys doing tattoos in here, or you sell, what are, you are you selling we're boards?" Like, we're doing, or we're you... doing haircuts in there, and some of the guys back then were like. But hey? you guys are blokes, like, yeah. like. Yeah, any good? And these guys are like going to the local. They're getting they're haircuts with their wife. You know, we, we know the wife was getting yeah. the colour while he would get the haircut, and it would just. They oh, I remember doing that. Yeah, yeah, and, you have no and, choice. and that's what I wanted to save blokes from. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then they found us, and then it, 
And then this is back before um, social media. It was yeah. back. I mean, my, the phone back then was the phone on the wall. Yeah. Steve yeah. still had a, or it's a Nokia. Nokia. Yeah. No, that's what he had. Yeah. Actually, he's yeah. only upgrade. He probably updated your phone yeah. what, two and years then, ago. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> it was purely word of mouth. There was yeah. no Instagram or Facebook or yeah. any of that stuff that Bart was having. It was super now. organic. And, 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 I think, you, and you built your community. Yeah, yeah it was. was. It was a community-minded barbershop, and yeah. we were for the blue-collar folk. You know, yeah, everyone yeah. was welcome. Yeah. There was no, you know, we judged nobody. It was you want a haircut and you want to have, you know, a good chat, then come in and and. It turned pretty quickly. It went from twiddling our, f- our fingers to um, pretty much... I need a holiday. <laughs> oh, big time. Well, like, and also, like... How well, are we managing the demand? How are we going to... Co- how do we find staff? Because there wasn't any, any barbers. barbers around. We couldn't really train them because they none of our guys wanted to go and do the perms and all that, which they had to do now because yeah, of the yeah. apprenticeship change. So. so these guys were like... Oh, how did you manage that? We'd love to come help you. Oh, I want to be a barber. After they saw the shop open and then... And then we were like, we'd love you to become a barber and cut with us. Like, let's do this. This would be fun. And then we're starting to try and figure out, like, because the barbershop apprenticeship had been canned. Uh, and then they then had to then, if they really wanted to do it, and this is what really tested some of them, then yep. they had to go to a salon and work in a salon for three to four years wow. to get a ticket. Really? Or do a few, like, segments of the course yeah. at least in a salon So then they had to learn colour and perms and all that stuff that they didn't want to know. They just wanted to learn the fundamentals of, of men's hairdressing. Yeah, um, wow. It was definitely entertaining, is, sending is, some of them off for perms. Yeah, class. which is totally I hope you got totally some photos in the early days. <laughs> Yeah, we got some classic old photos. Uh, and then, so the demand for everyone wanting to come yeah. to get a haircut, you know, there was some... It, it got to the point after about a year or two, it was just the two of us, um, and then... And you were running the front of house? No, I was still working. Yeah, I did do, like, the back-end stuff, yeah. but it wasn't that complicated back then because it was just the two of them, yeah. and mm. we didn't have a lot of stock or anything. It was a pretty simple model yeah. to run. Yeah. But, no, I was paying all of our bills. Like, I had yeah. to keep my job and keep hustling. Yeah, and Kira was the... Behind the scenes. If I didn't pay our yeah. bills, then... Because Barbershop was still yeah. burning holes in, in our pockets. Yeah. Um, Kira had to work for, for us to survive. Yeah. And... Um, and then pretty much, um, you know, there was a real turning point there about a year in, say, give or take. And, yep. um, and uh, I remember rocking up with Lukey one morning and there was a line out the door waiting for us to open. And we're like, <laughs> oh, whoa, what's going on here? How funny is this? We're laughing. We're like, surely like they're not here for us. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then the next day there was a bit of a line and it just, and then it got to the point, I think there was one morning we rocked up to the barbershop and that we counted 22 blokes waiting for a car at eight o'clock in the morning and there was two of us i think i remember lukey saying oh the bike shop must be having yeah. a promotion because <laughs> there was bike shop next door to us yeah and i couldn't believe it and then all of a sudden we went from twiddling our thumbs to wow dudes dudes are getting it dudes closing at four but, but now, the last cut yeah had to be a one the lineups that long and then we we're like how are we gonna now we've got to figure out how to cut their all these guys hair like yeah. And then all of a sudden our stress shifted to we're super dead and we're not paying our bills to, okay, now we've got the bit of money coming in, but how are we going to keep everyone happy? Yeah. Because dudes were getting really angry because there was like three-hour waits for haircuts <laughs> and dudes were waiting. And sometimes we just wanted lunch. We'd go all day. We, we, I without mean, eating. I think we went, I went years and years without ever eating lunch. The rule was I had have massive breakfast because I wasn't eating until I was getting back home which is like 6 37 I knew dinner was on the table yeah dinner, ready to go. dinner had to be on the <laughs> two big meals a day I was and that's so it. hungry yeah, that's, by the time that's I got mental. home he was so hangry yeah, yeah. I was hangry <laughs> and then um and then you know that 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 sort of you know chapter was over and then we're into a new chapter of our lives where we're like how are we going to keep up yeah uh and and to be honest it really burned us out like yeah because we, we wanted to please everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then there came a shift where we're like, we just can't please everybody. Yeah. We can't. We can't physically please. And what did you like, do? How are we going to stay on top of this? Like, because we've got to look after ourselves. Like, I think after about two years, we were like really burnt out. Yeah. You know, like we were, we, we, we were, uh, we didn't take appointments. Um, it was just a walk-in walk in. shop. And, um, we were we were tired like you know those days where we were doing 40 plus haircuts a day and um and it just got too much and wow. and that's when the wheels started to fall off you know as far as like um 
there was no work-life balance there was none of that it was yeah. just it was just everyone wants a haircut how do we get them in because we want to keep them happy they were our friends like yeah, yeah. that's how we viewed it and we didn't yeah. want to let anyone down yeah you'd build a culture and a yeah we built a com- yeah exactly and it was an experience going into your shop yeah and and that was another learning you know curve for us um and i suppose that's where around that same time probably more so like a year in um we thought it'd be a great idea to start another business. Yeah. <laughs> and did the guys that were doing the cuts at the hairdressers start finishing and you could hire them? Well, by then, <laughs> yeah. my, mate, my mate Jeremy, who's still at Bare Bones, um, he then came across it about the eighth month, eight months mark or he something. He did his apprenticeship at the same place where Steve yeah. was trained. Yeah, so he took my spot where I was trained. Yeah. Um, we went to the same school together. Um, and, um, yeah, so he come and he come and helped us out. Um and that was a today. massive help. That was, was like, wow, that was a godsend. I was yeah. like, wow, like, how was this? We've got help now. We're going to have maybe have some lunch. But we didn't. <laughs> we never did. You just had more just, people come. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And Jeremy and brought then, his people to come get cuts. Yeah. So it's we got busier. The, yeah, exactly. Um, so we had the three of us. Um, and then we were like, we needed four, we needed five barbers. And then it just kept growing. And then um, we started to look at, uh, employing barbers from so we thought okay we've got to sell the dream we've got to sell this Australian yeah this is the land of home and away yeah <laughs> <laughs> so home we and away started neighbors. to look at yeah we started to look at um, barbers from overseas yeah um, and we found a few barbers because uh, the culture was a bit more set sort of more in that uh, the England and yeah and uh, so we found a lot of guys um, wanting to travel to a lot Australia. backpacker barbers. Yeah. Were, wow. And they helped find, um, they helped us sort of find our way. Yeah. And then, um, you know, after the, and I suppose after about three or four years, we um, we found a few more and then, you know, we, we, we kind of get it, we're getting on top of it a bit more. Um, and at the same time, that's when we, more around the year, one year, two year mark. Is that right, Kira? For Uppercut? Yeah, we yeah. started Uppercut. Yeah, it was a year in. So yeah, uppercut. So that's when was, you started another business. Yeah, yeah. right in the thick of it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was another frustration. So we had the staff frustration that was difficult in the early years. But then also yeah. the products that were on the market here at the time was pretty much like the big box metrosexual ones yeah. Yeah. or nothing. So we were kind of importing bits and pieces from America. Yeah. Um, brands that Luke had seen in his travels and, you know, some of the coolie, like more independent brands. Yeah. So we were yeah. importing those, which was expensive and like we'd be out of stock for like two three months and then get a refill like it was just it just was clunky and good product but just wasn't working to kind of import sporadically like we were so um and because steve had always kind of been mixing and matching like he always had his little cocktails he's making you know because we'd be out of stock was that we really liked um and it it was it was built for um cooler climates this 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 wax and it was just melting out and it was it was of a lot of guys' hair because obviously Australia it's hot, it's hot. Um, and I ha- I was pre- I was mixing it with another product and um, and it was sort of setting a bit better yeah um, and then I thought well you know like that's when we thought well how hard can this be you know like and it turns out super bloody hard <laughs> yeah well um, and, and Luke's so creative too yeah. so he's like the second that Steve kind of planted the seed about should we shouldn't we like look at how hard it would be to make our own products like luke had already pretty much put the whole brand concept together wow. and done so he designed the logo yeah because yeah. he's so like he's just absolutely amazing with that sort of thing yeah. you give yeah, him like wow. a seed of an idea and he creates it into something yeah incredible it was pretty cool so i guess like we and that's had this, how uppercut was founded yeah because there was a need in the market yeah. yeah and we found this local chemist who was willing to do like a really small batch run for us yeah. so we didn't have to like you know, go in too deep with like minimum orders or anything. Yeah, yeah. They're actually still the same lab that we work with today. So yeah, they've been awesome. able to kind of grow with us, which yeah. has been awesome. Um, but yeah, I guess we sort of said, well, how hard is it? Just kind of, I don't really remember all the single steps that went into those early days. It's yeah. kind of a blur. Yeah, it always is. <laughs> but um, it starts to come along. As yeah, you think I think about Steve it. kind of was playing with products. Lukey had created like the brand identity, and my background was sales and marketing. So I guess between the three of us, like we just it found was, ourselves yeah. with this product. It was a wow. nice trifecta, and we and nothing. It would just happen so organically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking right back to even when I was a kid. Every, if I feel like a lot of things have worked super organically. Yeah. And it's just clicked in. I think it just followed what. Um, what my passions were and, and yeah. just listen to, I suppose, the 
the internal compass, you know, and yeah. and, and and if something feels good and it it feels right, then and do it. And if it if the if doors it doesn't, kept opening, yeah, for if it. the doors yeah. open, then yeah. if the doors closed, then that's a that's a no, you know. And the doors just kept opening, I suppose. And there was a few times where we were trying to force the door open because we wanted it to open. Yeah. But looking back, it was probably not the right thing to do, or, or the right time, uh, not the right time, or um, you know, and and, and I suppose you. With, with starting bare bones back then, back when there was a, a real need in the market yep. um, and there was a shift in what men were wanting. Um, and honestly, I think looking back now, if, some, if, if someone was to start the same thing now, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. I think even be. if we started the same thing yeah, again, doing absolutely. the same steps that we no. did back then, it was just the right time, the right people, the right place. Is, I mean, we didn't have like this built-out business plan or strategy. Like it was just, it just felt natural it was, and organic. It was a passion. And, yeah. 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 And what, I mean, because Uppercut grew, I remember seeing it. It just, it just went everywhere. I mean, every single barbershop had it. it grew, how did it grow so quickly? Like what did, once you created the product and you started making some tins, did it just, people calling you or did you jump on the road These and boys it? sent me out on the road with a tin of pomade and an A4 piece of paper yeah. that I had typed out some form of a catalogue. Yeah. I'm looking back. I'm like, I, I remember kill those them. feelings. I can kill them. <laughs> yeah, I always tell our reps now, you can't complain about anything. I hit the pavement with a tin of pomade and an A4 piece of paper. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, so you, you don't need no B2B. You just <laughs> yeah, no, we no just, digital. Exactly. Just, no, and I'd come from like a corporate sales company. Like I worked for like a multinational skincare company. Yeah. with like these amazing toolkits and different things, and I was like, I'm gonna kill you guys. Like you're gonna send me out here with <laughs> no tools. <laughs> Go and sell it. But yeah, and I guess like we again, we didn't have business ready. We didn't really know there was a gap in the market. We just kind of, yeah, I thought the original goal, I think, was to get 10 accounts on board or something, yeah. you know, and there wasn't really that many barbershops. So, and we didn't want to sell it to salons because we thought we'd kind of created this thing that was deliberately different. So, yeah. why would we go and sell the product back into that channel that we'd kind of tried to carve away from? Yeah, yeah. So, because of that mentality, we kind of went after more, like, we thought, okay, well, where are our customers shopping? So, yeah. kind of made that target. Um, to go for the like the accounts where our yeah yeah um, customers were shopping yep yep like so more of like your lifestyle fashion stores and I guess it's almost that little bit Surfgate Street yeah, in a way yeah but, but like yeah just like your lifestyle fashion stores we had record stores tattoo shops yep. like a couple of really cool like um, a lot of it was like our customers stores and businesses that they, they were had. coming to yeah. see you then put yeah, it into they, their stores they said, oh, this yeah. is sick can I put it in my shop um, and then as barbershops started like unfolding and opening yep. i guess they had the same need that we had for bare bones like yep. they didn't want to really put in um you know those mainstream yeah. brands so again we were in the right place yep. at the right time um but yes yeah, so no we yeah we kind of went after that different channel we kind of just tried to put it where our customers were shopping yeah cool yeah. And, did, and did it like switch where you could, didn't have time to work in the barber shop and all of a sudden uppercut well, quickly yeah like, but the problem was <laughs> yeah it did but the problem was um the only way a business grows is by funding it correct and so you know how it, quickly did it grow how many store how many well, i mean to put it this way how many stockers did you grow to oh, how quickly i think i set my initial goal for 10 stores and i think we exceeded that to like 100 in that same time frame that i'd kind of set it wow. for yeah so it it was pretty awesome but yeah like steve said it's a hungry beast like it, it, it costs was, money to do that we didn't get any funding yeah like yep. we've self-funded the whole it thing was a hungry yeah, beast. so here we're thinking oh like we've just opened 100 doorways oh wow this is amazing like which and the was demand's growing and the demand's growing and then it was kira's like yeah but there's no money cut faster we need to buy cut more stock harder. we need to buy more stock we need to fund this thing it's yep. a, it, it's just picking up everything that you know it's like yeah. a tornado and it's just picking up everything in its path and it's hungry yeah, and wow. we need to feed it. And there was momentum. <laughs> and then I was thinking, oh, but I'm, oh, by, by this mark, it was like, we were so tired. Like, yeah. yeah. And ironically, that was kind of my little mission was like, okay, if I can build Uppercut up, it'll give the guys yeah. a bit more flexibility to kind of not need Completely to be opposite yeah. for the at the shop. Started. And yeah. we created a second monster. And <laughs> which is an amazing thing to right, do because yeah. it's everyone's I mean, goal and dream to do that. No complaints at it's, all. Yeah, yeah no complaining at all. Like, but it's like when it happens, it's still very right. You still got to right? figure it out. And when I mean, we're like, we're still like twenty-two years old at this point. Like we're young, and you know, we didn't really have any kind of corporate yeah. backgrounds. Yeah, no, or, I mean, obviously, I dropped out. I'm a high school dropout. Yeah, no schooling. <laughs> I mean, what's a spreadsheet? Like, yeah. didn't know any of that stuff. Um, but I suppose. 
uh, we believed in it. Yep. There was no plan B. Right. <laughs> this was it. We yeah. were all in. Like when I see people start things and when I look back over my life and, I, you know, I, I look back at, you know, what I could have done right, what, where my mistakes are. Yep. I think when I look back at, when I look at people now and they're, and, they're, and they're in the middle of a startup or they're in the middle of starting something and they want it to be this big thing or, yep. you know, whatever it's going to be to them and they want it to work and be successful. Yeah. When I see them um, doing things in the background as a plan B, that's when I know it's not going to work for them. Yeah, mm. 100%. Because you can't have a plan B. No, this because it you, couldn't it, fail. It, 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 it's all or nothing. Yeah. And that's the only way you're going to make something work. 100%. Um, and, and you've got to work. Yeah. Mm. Dreams don't work unless you do, you know. Yeah, like, exactly right. And, exactly and right. you've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. And for us, it come at, a, you know, some hefty hefty prices like it was it, it wasn't easy it come at a come at a cost um as far as like work-life balance there was no life well especially um, it's hard having you know partners and working together yeah and growing a beast yeah at the whole you know totally. dynamic. and it's i still a, had my full-time job for oh, a long well. time so like yeah, a lot wow. of this was being done after hours early yeah. mornings then i go to work yeah to just pay our bills yeah. and then, yeah, you know, was, so then was... I've rolled into like a part-time job <laughs> and that was kind of like the transition where I'd work full-time, part-time and then finally Uppercut could afford at least a small wage for me just so I could commit to that full-time. Yeah, and yeah. the hard part was back then we could just afford Kira's small wage and by that time everyone's thinking they're starting to see Uppercut everywhere and they're thinking you're like killing it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's the <laughs> total opposite. Like, yeah, 100%. Like yeah, it's got momentum and it's awesome and we we can't believe it and um, but at the same time it's like they just don't understand that you know something if if, if something's to grow it needs to be funded it exactly. needs to, it needs investment um, and where did you guys I mean go from there like is this year two in year one in like where did it go from there to to be able to kind of keep funding it and keep growing it to where it is today because i mean it's another question i'll ask of how many doors you guys are in today but we'll get to that question you know because you guys are all around the world globally so yeah i couldn't even tell you and that's an awesome answer um but yeah no we, so i think i remember being at dinner one night and we're at like the mexican restaurant and I got a phone call and it was like a, a weird number and I was like, I'm just going to get this because I don't know who this is. And it was yeah. this dude from Germany, you know, could hardly speak any English and he's trying, he's basically, long story short, he was basically saying, I want to buy Uppercut. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I don't know how I'm going to get product to you, but we'll figure <laughs> we'll it, it out. I'll Google it. Um, but yeah, no, so I think that was probably all happening around, I was probably full-time in Uppercut by that point. The boys were still at the shop full-time funding everything yeah um and then the kind of transition was lukey came into the garage because that was our office yeah <laughs> so yep. we couldn't afford it from the garage, pre- yep. premises. Garage, yeah. literally the same thing like for my uh, my we actually bedroom. both bought townhouses in the same complex so we could share the garages oh, and kind of float stock we had the office set up in one garage and the stock in literally in every single room in our house we had yeah, product right. boxes yeah, wow. everywhere <laughs> the couriers please man cool. would come and you know yeah, we we're friends with him and his mum. By the end of it, it was <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, that was kind of all happening around year two and three, and we we were starting to get that momentum. Um, and I think it was probably that year four or five that we realised, okay, if we're going to sustain this and um, I guess be able to grow it internationally yeah. and start to service some of these international type of orders, we're going to need either definitely a bigger space or some investment or. Yeah. Um, some business intel of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we were literally still on, I think, Myob and you know Excel sheets. We're doing all my reports. Like it, we, we just yeah, had, wow. we just needed a, a complete infrastructure or warehouse and. And you the, didn't have time to set that up. Uh, we well, were just the cash flow time was growing or, so fast. Time or knowledge on how to set it up. It's yeah. like it was, you know, my background was sales, so I knew how to run a sales organization and yeah. marketing. But yeah, as far as like operational side of things, I was a bit. Yeah, like, wow. I just had no idea. And these guys are both creatives and, you know, yeah, there was just three of us. Like, we didn't really have that kind of person in our team. Yeah, um, you guys were grinding. Yeah, but no, right. it was fun. And then where to go from there? Like, you guys from there? Like- right, so our, um, well, one of Lukey's childhood friends was Ben Mackay, who yeah. 
runs Penny Skateboards. Yes. Um, so Ben was kind of a mentor for us and just kind of helping coach us. I think, oh, no, we got an invite to come to Agenda trade show in the US. Yeah, and we right. rang Ben oh, yeah. and we said, oh, we got invited to this show. What do you think? And his attitude was like, if you got invited, hang up the phone, tell them you're coming and we'll just figure it out. Yeah, that's like, epic. You don't get invited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah you don't. Yeah, right. Cool. So we were like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this. And um, so, yeah, it kind of just started really, again, organically as just like a mentorship. And yeah, yeah. It was kind of coaching He's done the us. same thing for me. He's a legend. Yeah, yeah. Just Good to um, kind of figure out this trade show for yeah. first and foremost. Like that's kind of what started the whole conversation. Um, and I guess we were going to the trade show to try and find a distributor in the US and to yeah. kind of open those types of doors. And it just felt really, we got a certain way down the line. We were like, well, do you guys want to be the distributor? And he was like, well, it's not really our model to distribute. Let's partner up and yeah, yeah. take this thing global. So yeah, wow. that was kind of the next chapter where we kind of just came into their fold and um, yeah, like just leaned on their infrastructure so I didn't have to worry about which implementing is a huge all help. of that. Yeah, yeah. which the, so that, you know they'd already been through the pain of yeah the warehouse doing all set of that up, you know internationally yeah. logistics and, um, and yeah logistics which then you can uh, focus more on brand and right that, and just concentrate on what we because it was really it's really distracting trying to figure out all yeah. the stuff that's outside oh, of your skill set. It's like yeah. I mean I'm wasting all this time and sales and marketing really needed our attention. So yeah, yeah it just kind of allowed us to focus on what we did well and continue yeah. to pump out good products and um yeah just kind of yeah, keep the business great. rolling and gave it some good funding that we needed as well so yeah that's awesome and did uh i mean how many stockers are you in today like how many retail would you be in would you i don't even know it's terrible <laughs> how many countries like 42 yeah that's amazing so we've got direct markets in the u.s and the uk we have yeah. like a direct sales team and so you guys got an person. office in the u.s and in yep. the uk yeah yep. so we kind of got a similar infrastructure to what we have set up here yeah um and then we use distributors throughout Canada, Mexico, and then throughout Europe and Asia as well. So, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And what, uh, like what's, I mean, I suppose, yeah, such an inspiring story, but what's what's a day-to-day look like for you guys now at the office? Well, I mean, I stepped out. We've got two little boys. So I stepped out for a couple of years to have the kids. Yeah. Um, so I've been back in a full-time role for probably 18 months yeah. now. Um, no day is the same. Yeah. You know, it's like it's Every crazy. Day is 100%. You know, and we're kind of working across different time zones and things. So, yeah. typical day for me, I can I mean I'm on the phone in the yeah. car. We'll get the kids ready yeah. for daycare. It's cyclone it's still circus act. Yeah. How old are you? How old are the kids? Two and four. Yeah, well, okay. I, I got a ten month old, so yeah, I'm there you go. You know all about it. I'm in that journey. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, get the kids kids ready. Jump in the car. Usually call the US when I'm in the car, and yeah. on and off with them until about lunchtime. Yeah, you know, do my day here, and then put the kids to bed, and then jump on with the UK guys on Skype usually. So it's yeah, it's around wow. the clock at the moment, and then Steve's obviously still juggling between here and the barbershop. Yeah, so still, you guys still have the barbershop? Still, yeah, still. Yep. Yeah, that's it. awesome. Um, and do you still cut? Yeah, um, yeah. I um I don't cut as much as what I was back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, not forty cuts a yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> none of that anymore. Uh, obviously, barbering's done what it's done, and um, yeah. barbering's back, and yeah. it's awesome, and. Um, Obviously, uh, we can train staff now because the barbershop's back, and uh, and I really focus, you know, a bit of my time on that, yep. uh, making sure you know we've got good staff and um, yep. making sure the quality's still there with the yep. cuts and the you know I really enjoy the culture of the barbershop still, and then um, in the mornings down here, you know, we'll we'll, we'll work on the marketing and we'll um, and we'll do all that in between um, some surf checks. Yeah, <laughs> you can't I mean, forget them. We really lean on Steve definitely for product um, in yeah. the creative and side of the business. Yeah, so it's still awesome that he has the barbershop because we sort of it's still our testing it's ground. It's my testing 100%. ground, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, we're working. I'm working on a product at the moment, uh, and if we nail it, um, it's going to be a game changer. That's I'm really epic. pumped about it. Um, it's I've got I've got the same feelings I had um, all those years ago with the deluxe. And yeah, wow. Pome, the Matt Pome was another. Um, well, I really use the deluxe. So. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I even got, got the, the same I even feeling. got the mini tins. I've got the same feeling on these ones, uh, on this new one that we, if we can get it, um, I, I know that it's going to pop, and I'm excited, and I'm excited what the, the hairstyles. How far off is it? Six months. Yeah. Yep. yep. Six months. Um, and if I can nail this, um, I've got a meeting with them tomorrow actually, and um, I'm just hoping that. We're that one step closer. That's um, cool. So that keeps my um, that Day's keeps busy. me. Yeah, well, I'm pretty pumped up about that sort of stuff, um, and I don't think I'll, I'll have changed. It's just um, yeah, that's who cool. I am, and that's what that's what drives me. And I'm that's you know I'm a bit of a geek like that. Um, 
I think everyone's got to be a geek in them. Like, 100%. Uh, I'm just glad he can test all the products here and at the, the yeah. labs. He used to do it at home and like clog up all my sinks. He used to have Drano. Yeah, we got kids now. You can't tap. do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the kids get, I test, because I'm test their hair. Yeah, I mean, they do. I've stressed yeah. too much. My hair's marching backwards. So <laughs> yeah. I've got the grummies. i got the grummies on that job now. I, uh, that's great. I make sure that they, uh, they test the products for me. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much our day. It's, I mean, Kira was just saying the other day, um, we look back over, um, how long we've we been together for now? Uh, Three thousand years. Yeah, exactly. It feels <laughs> it can like, feel that. like that. Feels like that. Um, we've been, you know, like what is it? Fifteen. Fifteen. Years? Fifteen years, and we look back every year um, over those fifteen years has been um, big milestones, and yeah. um, there's been some tough times, and there's been some great times. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose. Um, well, that's the thing. No journey yeah. is perfect. Yeah, exactly you know? right. I'm saying to Steve, like it's the tough times and the epic times kind of happen at the same time, though. Yeah. It's not like a roller coaster where you have the highs and the lows. It's like often it's happening simultaneously. Correct. Yeah. Or so, when you're going through a, I noticed, you know, when you're going through some changes or yeah. something's happening, that's when the moment comes when you figure something out because you've got to figure something out at that same time to come up with it. Yep. You know, when you're going through yeah, a tough totally, time. Yeah. Um, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. So every year's um we've i feel like i'm really proud yeah um of of what uppercuts become and bare bones and my family and yeah that's um awesome. every year even just you know kira talking about the kids in the morning like even that i mean anyone with kids understands like that yeah, and then yeah. trying to juggle um all the staff and and the time zones now with uppercut well it's um, inspiring you it know, just doesn't knowing that you can have a family and yeah you're heading up the <laughs> it's hard, it's hard enough kids. putting kids to bed and getting them to bed on time but when like i've got a skype call scheduled at 7 30 i'm like go to sleep and yeah. like, I'm, i need to like every night can't be yelling in the background no yeah. i know i'm like i actually every need night. you to be asleep in five minutes <laughs> it's just it's a shit that's inspiring because it just shows you can do anything you know with kids as well do you know like, yeah and it's you can't, uh, and we like we do make a good yeah. team you know like i think what hasn't broken us has made us really strong and like it is like a full teamwork it's yeah that's great literally pass the baton and like hey dinner's halfway cooked do you take over this i'll chuck the kids in the bath and skype's ringing and yeah. you know it's it's a circus for sure but you know we wouldn't you have make it, it work anyway. yeah you make it work. well some days i hey my I, wife had she was sick this morning so i was stuck at home oh, helping on the go, phone yeah. on email yeah before i could get to the office so same thing yeah looking after the little one so yeah, yeah i know the feeling you yeah, guys it's are no going joke. through <laughs> <laughs> Every day is different, man. And, and I mean, how many like how many uh, employees would you guys have now around the world? And like, what's your team? We've got about forty, I yeah. think, nearly maybe nearly fifty. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and a lot. Of, I mean, Big we team. we implemented like a direct sales force probably over the last eighteen months, yeah. where we kind of pulled back away from the absolute business. So yeah. now that Uppercut's grown to a size where it can stand on its own again, we're kind of carving back out from yeah. the absolute um, infrastructure, and we're sort yeah. of setting up our own. Yeah, that's great. Um, thus, the new office and everything. I actually did see a US office. Too. It's cool. Yeah. 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 That's exciting. We were road tripping in the motorhome. We went to Kelly's Wave Pool. Yeah. It was fun. We stopped at your office. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Steve was watching that trip with Envy. Yeah. It was fun. I was invited on that one. You should have come. I should have come. You should have come. It would have been fun. It was fun. few beers. Yeah. Too many. So good. Yeah. That's cool. And I mean, if you guys could give any advice, I mean, to anyone starting something, I mean, your story is phenomenal. And it shows there's no easy journey. I mean, uh, you know, to get to where you are, what advice could each of you give to somebody starting something or wanting to start something up? We see a lot of our friends starting businesses and I think when they try and make it their full-time gig straight away and trying to pull an income from it, I yes. think like it took us a good few years before we were able to draw even one income, let alone support yeah. two of us. So I think you've got to be prepared to do the after-hour stuff and keep it as a side business until it's ready. Yeah. Um, especially if you're self-funding it. So I guess it's different. Like, it depends on if you've got funding or finance. Like, we didn't have any of that. Like, yeah, it was a real yeah. startup from scratch. So, yeah, we you just have to be prepared to work until midnight and get up at five and just do what it takes. Put the hours just do, in. If it, you'll find out pretty soon if it's something that, it, you know, it's just a... You've got to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And whatever it takes means late nights. It means not having a social life. Mm. Um, you've got to want it bad You've got to want it. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to want it. And if you don't want it, don't start it. Don't yeah. waste your time. Or yeah. money. Because, like, yeah, if we look yeah. back and 
kind of calculate what we spent in those early days, like yeah. or what we could have been drawing out of bare bones as profit. And we've obviously reinvested all of that. Yeah. I think if we'd had a business plan and a strategy, I don't know if we would have started it because yeah, we would have yeah. looked at how much cash we were in for and that we could have bought a house, you know, like, yeah, in, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and when you start realizing that you, when you're in the thick of it, you don't realize it. But then after a few years and you look back, you go, we actually need this to work because we've put not only our time and emotion into this, but we've put everything we've ever earned. Our, mm-hmm. our, we've we've folded everything back in. Yeah, and that's when the shift happens. That's where it's like, that's when you're like, uh, this is this is a bit of fun. We've kind of this is kind of stressful. Like, what are we doing to? We absolutely need this to work. Yeah, because we've got no choice. We got no choice. Like, yep. if it this doesn't work, we've just we've just tipped all this money overboard and we're never going to see it back yeah Um, yeah and there's that constant trying to chase your tail feeling um and there's all all the emotions that come with that and there's insecurities and there's and there's self-doubt i doubt myself every single day still yeah i I think the biggest struggle is everyone looks at you when they see the brand and at the size it is and and or, or, or any sort of success, you know, um, they think you're perfect. Yeah, they th- yeah, and you're like, I'm, I'm not. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm working really hard. I'm not gonna give up. Yeah. Um, but I'm insecure, just like you, man. And there's things that I'm scared of too. And yeah, yeah. Um, hey, just like today's chat, we were all nervous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I think one thing I mean I've admired about Steve too, though, like you've always stuck with that internal compass, like. We don't like he doesn't have the academic book smarts to kind of explain to someone why an idea yeah. is what it is or why he thinks something won't work or why yeah. he thinks something will work. But he just kind of uses that internal compass and he's usually right, especially when it comes to product and uppercut. Like it's all instinct for this brand. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know if we could do it for a different brand or another business. It's just like this is well, so you know much you're who we are. You know, you know, it's such a passion. But we can't put it on paper. You know, it's like I don't know why it works, but it it does. It works. But it's hard to explain that too. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. I can't explain it. I just yeah. Well yeah, thanks. You just <laughs> you've just got yeah, a gift. You've okay, got a gift. I, I, you know, I think um I think it's uh it's everything I am. Yeah. Mm. Uppercut. It uh, you see skateboarding, um affiliated with uppercut because that's what i love you yeah, see yeah. surfing because that's what i love. love it's it's my dna everything in uppercut is my dna from the product to the marketing yeah. to the to the look of it uh, i would never put something it's organic it's, it's organic real. i'd never it's put something story. on yeah I, I suppose and that's my that's what i i owe it to uppercut to, to and i owe it to my customers to keep this real yeah and um this is blue collar brand and it will stay blue collar and um and that at the time, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, didn't exist. Yeah. The only hair product brand was like male models, you know, with their shirts the off in the yeah. shower. Like, I'm like, this does not, a, this is not me. This is not my customer. Um, and, 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 and I just need to stay true to um, who we are as a brand. And if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't fit, then it's just, it just, it can't happen. I think that's huge advice, staying true as well yeah. to who you are and looking at you know what you stand for and 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 being real and organic about it yeah and for me because i was in a sales role like i had so much faith and trust in both luke and steve like luke with the brand identity and like direction and steve with the product like i really believed that if these guys had an idea and said that this was something that they wanted to do that it was going to work and it was right so yeah that's cool what a rad story (laughs) thanks man thanks for your time i really appreciate it hey no, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Oh, I'll that one. That was Thank sick. You, Thank you. <laughs>